Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. Today is a hot, sunny day in Atlanta, Georgia, people. It is Saturday, August the 1st. This is the first day of August 2009. I am absolutely honored to be here with you today. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Things were kind of getting kind of hairy. Uh, I had to went to a conference in Cincinnati earlier this week. Uh, my bishop had a, um, a, a conference, um, and I went there to support and be a part of it. It was a life-changing, life-altering event, and a lot of things happened, and I'll talk about that later in the show, but I'm just honored to be here. I'm thankful to be here because I didn't I would didn't know what I would do if I didn't get a chance to speak to you guys today. So this is, again, like an absolute honor for me. I want to thank you, each and every one of you, um, for coming to the show each week. Um, I know that you can do any other thing at 6 p.m. on Saturday, Eastern Standard Time, but you choose to be with me live every every single week, and I love you for it. I appreciate you for it because if you didn't do it, there's no reason for me to be here. So understanding that, I think it's really important for uh, for me to express that to you each and every time, you know, let people know about the show. If there's something that I'm doing well here, you know, let me know. Leave comments on the the podcast uh, site, I mean, on the Blog Talk Radio site. You know, download the podcast. Send me emails. You can email me at mileswmiller at gmail dot com. That's m y l e s w m i l l e r at gmail dot com. And I look forward to your comments. And I look forward to your advice. I look forward to, you know, getting feedback from you on how to make this show. A better show. So, without a shadow of a doubt, people, um, as as every week, and as I do in my life now, I turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit for us to get whatever it is that He has for us to get tonight. And I thank God that whoever listens to this show, whether live, whether podcast, whether phone, that this is a dynamic an absolute dynamic and absolute dynamic show for you and I look forward to hearing more and more from you so without a shadow of a doubt we're going to move forward in the show um like I said earlier uh, in the day I had a uh, <laughs> an experience that I just cannot explain in words uh, earlier in the week I uh, like I told you before my uh, bishop uh, bishop Wayne T Jackson had um his conference, uh, the Greater Works of Christ conference in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's basically a, a mentorship program uh, that for that teaches pastors and ministers uh, principles of how to effectively operate in ministry. And I went there uh, in support uh, from Atlanta. Some from other people uh, went from Atlanta to support it, and we uh, went by uh, way of van. And on the way there, we had no problems other than a little fog uh, in Tennessee. Uh, we enjoyed the event, had an absolute phenomenal time, an absolutely life-changing event. Um, I, I I don't know what else to say. I feel like I've grown spiritually. I've grown as a person. I've grown as a motivator. I've grown as, as anything you can ask of me to grow in. And so we were on the way back here to Atlanta. And on the way back to Atlanta, lo and behold, Right around eight nine o'clock this morning, actually around seven o'clock this morning, we're driving and we cross the Tennessee border into Georgia, and guess what happens? 
Well, you don't have to guess. I'm going to tell you. We had a coolant hose explode, and we lost all the coolant. And there you have it. We're on the side of the road, stranded 120 miles away from Atlanta. So we made phone calls, and and some people came by who absolutely made my day. They were uh, two Catoosa County sheriffs, um, just two powerful men, two dynamic men who actually helped save the day for us. We thank God for them, um, Officer Lawson and Officer Johnson uh, of the Catoosa County uh, Sheriff's Office. Um, you guys went above and beyond the call of duty to help us today and helping us get this van repaired and also helping to get us to safety. Um, I can't mention enough how you know difficult it is to be on the side of the road stranded and waiting for you know tow trucks and things like that. And these two gentlemen went above and beyond the call of duty, ensuring that myself and the passengers on this van got to where we were going safely. And like I said, it 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 always feels good to have somebody to know that people care, you know, and and to also know that law enforcement agents care. Because a lot of times we get bad, you know, information about law enforcement agents. But there's some good guys out there, and these two gentlemen, uh, Officer Lawson and Officer Johnson, are two of the best. Um, also, I want to thank the guys over at uh, Grease Lightning um, and uh, Ringgold, Georgia, for helping us out and um, ensuring that we didn't have to um, get robbed, so to speak. As uh, you know, a lot of times people have the, the mentality that when they go to a mechanic, that they're going to get robbed or they're going to get um, they're going to get you know mistreated. But these guys, they took really good care of us, and I'm absolutely honored that I was able to be able to, to be there at this time because I met some really good people, some really good men and women over there, and um, I, I'm i just honored that I was able to, if I had to be in a situation like this, that I that I met, bumped into these uh, people over at Grease Lightning in Ringgold, Georgia. So I wanted to uh, definitely acknowledge those uh, people because they, they made our day today, and we continue to pray for your strength, and we continue to pray for your families, and we continue to pray for favor in your life. We continue to pray for anything that you may need that God will provide it for you, that you don't have to look for it because God is your source, and that anything that that you can ever hope for or imagine that God has it and God is is well able to deliver it and mani- and cause it to manifest in your life. And we thank you for thank God for the manifestation of everything it is you ever need and want in your lives, gentlemen and and women uh, connected to these gentlemen. Um, it's it's an absolute honor. Um, so moving forward in the show, uh, I definitely want you know I always believe in giving honor where honor is due, and if someone is able to. Uh, impact your life, you should definitely let them know that they impact your life. And these these people went above and beyond the call of duty again today to ensure that. So I wanted to um, address that. Um, I want to get started with our divine intervention for today. Our divine intervention comes from Job 22 and 28. Job 22 and 28. I'm going to um, read it to you. It states, Thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Again, I will repeat that. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. 
I'm going to read it for you one more time. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Basically what this is saying, people, is that what you're speaking out of your mouth shall be established for you. Whatever it is that you can let come out of your mouth, you're going to see it. Whatever it is that you can speak out of your mouth, you're going to see it. It's going to manifest. So you have to be very careful because the power of life and death is in the tongue. So whatever you're letting come out of your mouth is either building up or it's tearing down. It's either giving life or it's giving death. So whatever it is that you, you say, it's going to be established the way you as you say it. So I wanted to, to tell you this to, to as a dreamer, as a visionary, to take more authority over what it is that you're letting come out of your mouth because you are you have the power to create your dreams or you have the power to create your nightmare. It's your choice. It's your choice. So with that said, I'm going to give you the presidential wisdom, then I'm going to segue into our, our lesson because our lesson definitely piggybacks off of our divine intervention for today and also um, it's magnified by the presidential wisdom. And our presidential wisdom for this week is a repeat, but it's still a good one because it also goes right along with what we're, we're going to be talking about today. And um, this is a uh, presidential wisdom is our, a quote from our 44th president, uh, President Barack Obama, and um, this week's presidential wisdom is, it's only when you hit your wagon to something larger than yourself that you will realize your true potential. Again, it's only when you hitch your wagon to something larger than yourself that you will realize your true potential. Again, it's only when you hitch your wagon to something larger than yourself that you will realize your true potential. And in hitching yourself to something larger than yourself, you have to also understand that you're still going to be held accountable for what you're saying. You can So whatever it is you're saying, whatever it is you, you are letting come out of your mouth, you connect yourself to your destiny by the words that you let come out of your mouth as well. So I'm going to help you today to truly decide what it is you want and say what it is you want. Only you can decide what it is you want, but I, I'm going to help you say what it is you want today. I'm going to give you eight tips, eight things that affect your speech, eight things affect that affect what you say. And these eight things are going to revolutionize how you say things and how you, you know, basically cause things to manifest in your life. You can take authority over everything that, that you let come out of your mouth. And like I said, you can either create life or you can either create death. You can either build up or you can tear down. You can live your dreams or you can live your nightmares. It's your choice, and you can control it with your mouth. So, eight things that affect your speech. Eight things that affect what you say. Thing number one, the things that you imagine. The things that you imagine. The things that you imagine. Now, I am, again, without shadow of a doubt, a, a dynamic dreamer and a, a, a victorious visionary. 
and I understand the power of my imagination. I know that in order for me to see it physically, I have to first see it in my mind, in my mind's eye. And that's done through imagination, uh, dreams, visions, and things like that. So what are you imagining? If See, your imagination is affected by the things you see, by the things you hear, by, the things, again, the things you say, the people who are around you. So what are you imagining? Are you imagining things about life? Are you imagining things about death? Are you imagining, again, your dreams, or are you imagining your nightmares? See, you can actually, it actually is the beginning of the manifestation of your dream your, is your imagination. What you see, what you can see, you can touch. See, it, until you can see it, you can't touch it. I see myself on stage motivating hundreds of thousands of people in, in, in massive auditoriums all across the world. I see millions of people buying my, my um, CDs and my books. I see me helping people, see me helping countless people become successful in their lives. I see this in my imagination. I, I imagine this. See, you know, I go back to this quote all the time from Rocky, uh, Rocky's trainer, Mickey. He, they, were, they were training, and Rocky, uh, Mickey told Rocky, Rock, if you see yourself doing good, you do good. You have to imagine yourself being successful. You have to imagine yourself being great. You have to imagine yourself doing dynamic stuff. You have to imagine yourself, you know, doing life-changing things, things that are changed the very course of our existence. You have to see this in your mind's eye. You have to see this in your imagination in order to be able to touch it. Again, Walt Disney didn't live to see his creation. But because he saw his creation, we see it. We get the chance to enjoy it. That's the that's the, the one of the the um the dynamic things about being a dreamer and a visionary is that you see the vision, you see the the manifestation of this thing before it actually manifests. And as a result, sometimes you'll get flogged for it. But nonetheless you have to you if what you what it is that you truly want is worth having, then you have to lock it in your imagination. You have to continue to look at it. So things that affect your speech, that are affecting what you're saying. Step one is things that you imagine. Step two is the things you think. The things that you think. The things that you think affect what you say because your mind, in your mind, thoughts are things. Thoughts are given strength from your imagination. Thought patterns are usually created from the impulses of your imagination from the impulses of the things that you are are seeing in your visions, your thoughts are created from that. So what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about good things? Are you thinking about bad things? Are you thinking about war? Are you thinking about peace? Are you thinking about building or are you thinking about destroying? Because guess what? Whatever you think about, you bring about, as Lisa Nichols said so eloquently in The Secret. If you think about something long enough, guess what? You're going to see it. You are going to see it. I don't care if you're wrong. If I, as so many people I, I've coached and counseled that have uh, not so much hallucinated, but but thought somebody was doing something bad to them so much so that that guess what they start seeing? They start seeing people doing bad stuff to them because they had given their their thought process to something negative. They had given their thought process to something that was destructive. They had given their thought process to something that couldn't cause them to elevate. It could only cause them to decrease. 
I, I implore you today. I, I encourage you today. I, I'm trying to inspire you today. Choose what you think about wisely. That's one reason why I don't watch news a lot, because I don't like to be bombarded with, with, with the evil report of the world. You know, I know that, you know, people are, are going to get sick. I know that people are going to get hurt. I know that things are happening in the world that are just, some stuff is just really bad. <laughs> but I don't want to think about that stuff all the time. So I, I bombard my mind with motivational speakers like Les Brown and uh, Tony Robbins. I, I watch their videos and I listen to their CDs and I read their books because I want to affect how I think. So you can affect how you think by what you're, what you're putting, again, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're, you know, what you're imagining. Those things affect your thoughts. So you want to think good things in order to bring good things to pass. So our third step to what well, a third thing that affects your speech is the things that you believe. The things that you believe, the things that you believe affect what you say because your belief system is basically your operation operation system, just like a um, computer. A computer program will never run outside of the parameters set inside the program because this is what it believes to be true. This is what it believes is going to happen. So, and, so there's no way around it. If the computer believes that X plus 3 equals Z, then X plus 3 is going to always equal Z, even if that's undefined, which means you have to watch what you're believing. You have to really fine-tune what it is you believe. You have to understand what it is you believe and why you believe it. You know, a lot of people, for whatever reason, they believe in, um, in, in certain superstitions and things like that. You know, you step on a crack, you break your mom's back, well, and, and don't walk on a ladder and things like that, or, you know, a, a black cat is bad luck or something. Because these are belief systems. And now you can't tell a person those things don't really happen. You can't tell a person that that stuff is just superstition. You can't tell anybody that, that, you know, that those things have no bearing on what they really have been called to do because they believe it. They've been, they've been trained, and they, now they believe it. So belief systems come from how you've been trained. And then understanding how you, that some things that you're thinking, some things that you believe are not conducive to who you've been called to be. You are created in the likeness and image of God. That means you have creative power. You're not God, but you're God-like because you're created in his likeness and in his image, which means that you can do some dynamic things on this earth, baby. You can do some really dynamic things, and you have to really get that in your mind. You have to get that in your imagination. You have to get that into your belief system that you can do all things through Christ. You can do some phenomenal stuff right now where you are, no matter where you are in this world, no matter what's going on in your life. You can do some phenomenal things. And guess what? I'm here to tell you today that if you can change the way you believe, you're going to change your world. If you can change the way you, you think, you can change your world. If you can change what you see in your imagination, you will change the world. The things you imagine, the things you think, and the things you believe affect your speech and affect what you say. The fourth thing that affects what you say is the things you expect. The things you expect. The things you expect affect what you say because anything that you 
you can focus your attention on. An expectation is a highly focused intention, a highly focused attention to some particular detail, to some particular result that you believe that without a shadow of a doubt that this particular result is going to happen. And your expectation is that this particular thing is going to happen. Most times you won't be disappointed, whether good or bad. Most times what you expect, you're going to see it. Even, and the mind is so strong, our minds are so strong that our minds have decided to never be wrong. I can tell you right now, there's somebody listening to the show right now who, who in their mind is never, ever wrong, that they never make mistakes, they never, they never have anything negative going on that they created. That if something goes wrong, it's always somebody else's fault. Because they've trained themselves to believe this, now that it's become an expectation. If something goes wrong, it's not their fault. So you have to you have to really watch what you're expecting. I know it's like this. You know, scriptures tell us that seed time and harvest will always exist. As long as the earth exists, seed time and harvest will exist. So every anybody who's a farmer knows that if you plant a seed in fertile ground over time, you'll reap a harvest. If you plant a seed into fertile ground over time, actually the due season, you will reap harvest. It's, it, it, you can't run away from it. It's going to happen. No matter what the seed is, and seeds rep, replicate after their own kind. So if I sow, if I plant a watermelon seed, in its due season, guess what's coming up out the ground? You guessed it, a watermelon. If I was to sow or plant an apple seed, over time and it's due season, what do I expect to get back? You guessed it, apples. So, so too are the things of our lives. What are you sowing? What are you giving? What are you putting out into the universe? Those are things you can expect back. If you are giving people hail and high water, guess what you should expect back? You guessed it, hail and high water. But if you're listen to this this podcast, you listen to this live show, or you listen to this on the phone, you understand that also if you give out goodness and kindness, you'll get goodness and kindness back. If you give out peace, you'll give peace back. If you give out love, you'll give love back. If you give out your dreams, guess what? You get your dreams back. You pour your dream into the universe because the universe has been designed to ma- to manifest those things that you can that you give to it with love. See, the universe works on principles, and these principles work regardless of if you love yourself, if you love God, if you love anybody or not. There's certain things that just work, and if you work those principles, they will work for you. The universe is, is not racist, is not sexist, is not um, it's not classist, it's not even religious. It just it, it it it's the truth. If if you can do these things, some the things I'm telling you are universal principles. If you can execute these things, they work. So the things that you imagine, the things that you think, the things that you believe, and the things you expect all affect what you say. The fifth thing that also affects what you say is the thing you fear. The thing that you fear. The thing that you fear affects your 
speech, it affects the things you say because if you're scared of something or you have a fear of something, a deep, in, a deeply rooted fear of something, it's going to be really hard to, to ever go beyond that. And I know firsthand, I've, I've dealt with fear personally firsthand. I've dealt with pain firsthand. So I understand, you know, it's like the fear of rejection or, or the fear. Fear is just uh, basically using your faith backwards. It's using your faith in reverse. It's using faith to tear down versus build up. The opposite of, of faith is fear. So in order to be a, to be a successful dreamer and to be a successful visionary, you have to use faith Instead of fear, you have to believe that all things are possible. You have to trust that if, if, if I can create this plan, that God, who, who sees my heart devising this plan, will order my steps through the plan. That's, that's scripture. That's universal law. That, that, that's how that's going to happen. So fear usually comes to, to paralyze, but faith comes to promote. I'm going to say that again. Fear comes to paralyze. But faith comes to promote. You have to use your faith to move up. You have to use your faith to move out of situations that don't work for you. You have to use your faith to, to be successful. Fear just comes to shut you down so that you, you can walk around miserable. You can walk around, you know, saying sad stories and sob stories about how nobody loves you or, or you can't find – there's no more good men left. Or, you know, all men are dogs or, or, or women aren't – there's no any good women left. No, no, no. You have to walk by faith, not by sight. You have to be able to, to to really focus your attention on truth, not facts. And some things that are that are accepted as facts aren't even valid. You trust in the truth. You trust in God. You trust in your source, your creator, for things that edify, things that comfort, and things that exhort you. Because you're going to need those things to move forward. So, we know that things that you imagine, things that you think, things that you believe, things that you expect, and things that you fear all affect what you say. The six things that affects your speech and affects what you say is the things you love. The things that you love. The things that you love affect what you say because, without a shadow of a doubt, love is one of the most needed and most important emotions on the planet, in the universe. Love can can soften the heart of a uh, of a ruler. Love can can change things. Love can can create things. Love can can help. Love can can heal. Love can love is is God's greatest gift to us. So in understanding that God wants us to operate in love. The things that you love, that come from that the, those, that divine love that comes from Him, those things that, that are inside of you, those passions, those those dreams, those visions, they affect how you how you say things. They affect what you're saying because guess what? When you're truly locked into your vision, you won't say anything contrary to your vision. When you love somebody, you don't say anything contrary to that person's love, to that love for that person. You don't you don't say things to tear them down. When you truly love somebody, you will never want to see them hurt. If you truly love some, something, you'll never want to see it destroyed. You never want to see anything that you love abused or hurt. So in understanding that, the things that you love 
must be manifest in every facet of your life and most importantly in your speech because our speech is our biggest source of communication. It's, you know, in, in speaking things out to our, for ourselves to hear because faith comes by hearing and speaking out to the universe because the universe responds to our voice. So whatever it is you're saying, you're going to see it. So speak things out in love. If you love, if you love helping people, speak it out. Say it. I love to help people. I love to encourage people. I love to motivate people. That's me. I love those things. I'm passionate about those things. So in in understanding that, in understanding that, I align my mouth with what I love. So now I get a, I'm on a radio show every week talking to people and encouraging them to be everything they've been called to be, to do everything they've been called to do, and, and don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on their dreams. That's me. What do you love? It could be to draw. It could be to to create, you know, masterpieces of art like Michelangelo. It could be to be a carpenter. It could be to be a surfer, a mechanic. It could be anything, but if you love it and it's uplifting and it's edifying to people, do it with everything you got. And when you do what everything got, let it come out your mouth. Take that energy and let it come out your mouth. Let let that energy create. So the things that you imagine, the things that you think, the things that you believe, the things you expect, the things that you fear, and also the things that you love affect your speech and affect what you say. The seventh thing that affects your speech and affects what you say is to the things that you do actively, the things that you actively do. The things that you actively do affect your speech because if you're doing something, it's going to come out in your speech. It's going to come out in everything you do, but more importantly, it's going to come out in your speech. If I am, for instance, I do a radio show every week on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash Miller. Every Saturday, at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can tune in to my show and hear me speak about the things I do. You can hear me give encouraging words. You can hear my guests give encouraging words. You can hear me giving dynamic teaching lessons. Guess what? Not only am I doing it, I'm saying it. I say it with, not only with my mouth, but with my actions. I'm saying my dream. I'm saying the thing I love with my actions. See, how long are you going to keep a, a significant other if you never express your love to him? What are you, you know, the, the old Janet Jackson song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? What are you doing towards the thing that you love? What are you doing about the things that you that you have faith for? What are you doing about the things you expect? What are you doing about the things you believe? What are you doing about the things you think? What are you doing about the things you imagine? Guess what? Your mind seeks congruency. If anything that anything that you can line up and get unity inside of your mind, your body and your spirit with, you will see manifest. You get you got my word on that. So in understanding that in understanding that become active in the thing that you're passionate about. Become active in the thing that you believe. Become active in that thing. So if you see yourself being a a ballerina, go to Start taking classes to become a ballerina. Talk to other ballerinas. You know, be active. Don't just be a a, a hearer, but a, also be a doer. So, the thing that you imagine, 
imagination, the things that you imagine, the things that you think, the things that you believe, the things that you expect, the things you fear, the things you love, the things you actively do, all affect your speech and affect what you say. The final thing that affects your speech and affects what you say are the things that you are connected to. The things that you are connected to. The things that you are connected to impact and affect your speech because you are what you're connected to. If you're connected to a motivational speaker who's always affirming your uh, affirming life to you, guess what? Eventually it's going to rub off on you, and you're going to start affirming life. I, I have several mentors, a couple um, uh, motivational speakers, uh, uh, pastors. All of, that, all of that stuff rubs off on me. All Everything that they are rubs off on me because I, I've allowed myself to be open to their mentorship. So true is if you allow yourself to be open to something that's not good for you, you are what you're connected to. That's the reason why if three people are present when a bank robbery goes down, even though one person had nothing to do with it, if he was there with those people that they were coming to look for, guess what happens? Everybody gets gets arrested. Everybody gets prosecuted. Everybody. And it's going to be really hard for this person to prove that he wasn't connected to him because they when they when the raid was done he was connected so you have to watch who you're connected to you have to watch you have to know them that labor amongst you you have to know that you know that you know that this person right here has my best interest at heart not only has my best interest at, at heart but also is able to help me promote my destiny and if a person can't help you promote your destiny if an organization can't help you promote your destiny disconnect find some find someone find an organization that will because your destiny is more important than anything that you'll ever see on the face of this planet. Your purpose is more important than anything you ever see on the face of this planet because guess what? Like uh, Dr. Miles Monroe states that where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So we're going to stop the cycle of abuse. We're going to move forward in our dreams. We're going to move forward in our visions, and we're going to be dynamic people, and we're going to set the world on fire. We're going to turn the world upside down. We're going to live our dreams. We're going to bring these visions to pass, and we're going to change people's lives forever for good. And people, please believe me, I'm enjoying every moment of telling you this. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. That's my model. That's my mantra. You know it by now. And I'm here to tell you that every week and every time you see me, I'm going to tell you don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams because your dreams are important. Somebody is somewhere right now watching you, and they need you to win. So you have to watch what you're saying. You have to you have to become a champion in your speech. You have to let the things that come out of your mouth be uplifting. Does the things that come out of your mouth inspire and 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 put fire up to somebody? Because somebody is expecting it from you. You got to give it to them. Because you know what? Somebody gave it to me, and now I'm giving it to somebody else. And and then guess what? If I'm the person that ignites your fire, then you got to go ignite somebody else's fire. And then you got to ignite somebody else's fire. And then we just create a whole cycle of fire. We just create a whole cycle of people living their lives on purpose, living their dreams, and living and, 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 and experiencing the good life. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Just totally, totally prosperous on every level of living, every level of existence. That's my goal for you. That's what I want for you with these lessons. That's what I want for you with this lesson today. Watch what you're saying and allow great things to come out of your mouth so that you'll start experiencing great things in your life. People, I thank you and I'm honored that you allowed me to take your time to present to you this dynamic lesson. 
So without further ado, I want to move further into the show, and I, I want you to also understand that I always I do my best to go and find dynamic people to bring on this show to um, basically um, inspire you and keep you moving forward in your life. Uh, today I have a dynamic uh, young lady. She is um, just an absolutely dynamic, phenomenal author, activist, uh, book editor. You name it, she can do it. And not only can she do it, she does it really, really well. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I want to introduce to you my audience, Mrs. Shanita Marks. Shanita, are you there? Hi, Miles. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi, Shanita. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> uh, it's, such a, it's such an honor to have you on here because I've been wanting to have you on here for the longest, and we've been playing tag with each other, and I finally got you. I know. I was. I, it caught me off guard. I was like, "What? Wait! I didn't." Think, I was like, "Okay, let me get to a computer on the phone." So I was like, "Wait!" You, um, when you sent me the Twitter, I, the tweet, I was in Walmart uh, grocery oh, wow. shopping, <laughs> getting groceries. But um, yeah, it's Mr. It's Mark, an honor I apologize. Well. I, I should have given you further notice, but it has been a hectic okay. week. I apologize. I know you, you know Shanita's got to come back and 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 cook the macaroni and cheese. But right now, just let me have <laughs> the next twenty-two minutes with her. And everything will be okay. <laughs> no, it's no problem. No, um, you're fine. And um, you know, uh, I like I said, I I would have normally followed up as well, but you know, it's it hectic. Just hectic and busy must have been just the spirit of the week because there was a lot of stuff going on um, this way too. So I didn't have a chance to follow up with you. I was like, well, he remembered to reach out last time, so I was like, if he needs me, you know, whatever. He'll you know contact me or whatever. What you did, it was just you know. It was like uh, you know twenty minutes ago. <laughs> you got to forget that. Just um, got back in town. <laughs> yeah, I heard. I listened to the show and I love it. Might I say I love the format. I've listened to a podcast once or twice before, but um, was really able to um just focus more today. And I really like your show. It's hot. Thank you, thank you. And I, I really try to um to inspire people to, to live their dreams, just like you're doing. You know, with your books and and could you tell the people about um your your latest project? Um, my latest project is it's in my blood. It's a novel, and it is about a young lady who has had some traumatic events in her past happen to her, and ends up meeting a guy in Houston, falling in deeper than she expected, and getting pregnant um, without the knowledge that she is HIV positive. So once she realizes she's HIV positive, um, some things happen, and she ends up deciding to go home and um, figure out what she's going to do with herself and her new baby. Wow. So is this, yeah. a, is this a true story or is this um... uh, a... N- it's not my true story. Um, I, um, uh, by the grace and mercy of God, I'm not HIV positive. Um, not that I'm not a candidate from the lifestyle I led prior right. to giving my life over to Christ, um, but like I said, it's just his grace and mercy. But I had a friend who um, died of full-blown AIDS a few years back, and it pained me to know that so many people at our church didn't know that he had AIDS. And um, it just frustrated me that as big as my church is, and I don't name my church for um, reasons that, right, you know, I don't have their permission, so I don't. Um, but um, as big as my church is, they, we didn't have an HIV ministry, really. No one knew about it if we had it. Um, I didn't know about it. He didn't know about it. And it was just so much going on. In his life, he didn't feel safe in the body of Christ to tell people about his condition, and that just broke my heart. So it finally came out at our um, at his funeral, and it just inspired me to write the book. And my thing was, okay, he's a guy 
And I wanted to um, just tell the story of a girl and what might happen. You know, the, she came to me, the characters, my, com- my characters come to me um, just out of nowhere sometimes. Okay. And, you know, she just, I met her and she was like totally about, you know, her business and doing what she was. She was actually the nemesis in my first novel. Um, she broke up an engagement, so the, in a way. God broke up the engagement, but he was, uh, he allowed her to be the person to help break it up. So, um, <laughs> and he kind of, and that's when she, you know, became pregnant, but it, um, it broke my heart that there are so many churches, um, small, large, medium, whatever you want to call it, mega, super mega, quadruple, gigantic, whatever, that really don't give enough attention to this topic and don't have full-time ministry available for the people who are affected by it. And with um, African-American women, especially being the number one new infected of this um, this epidemic, I just find it appalling. So I wrote the book um, to teach people in the church the real, the real issues of HIV AIDS and to show the lack of and the compassion of what is needed to minister to people with HIV AIDS. Okay. And um, could you give the people like uh – more of a, I guess, some some more statistics. I know you you keep stats on it. Like how many, what percentage of, of black women are being affected by this? Well, right now, um, the statistics are that forty percent of the people who have HIV don't know they have it, wow. um, and it's really supposed to be something like one in every twenty. That's the guesstimated um, okay. amount. Really, they you know they they can only go based on you know how many people get tested and affected. I can say like when I was at the AU Center, I was I went to Spelman for a short time in the 90s. Um, we all gave blood. You know they had blood drives. We had 171 right. people that gave blood. Like um, 70 people had HIV and didn't know and were diagnosed. Okay. Yes, from the test uh, from the donation make from making the. Um, uh, donation to the blood drive, so it is. It's it's really bad, and it's not just the down low brothers. You know, they get a bad rap as far as you know. Well, if they weren't if they weren't men sleeping with men and women, then it wouldn't be happening. But the bottom line is, we're not protecting ourselves, and we are choosing to engage in activities that could lead to HIV, and that's just the bottom line. Wow. So, what, um, what are some precautions that people can take? I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I mean, I know it would pro- definitely start with getting blood, getting your uh, blood tested. But after you get well, blood tested, um, if you when, when you get tested, of course, I mean, te- getting tested doesn't prevent HIV. Getting tested makes you aware of whether or not your activity that has exposed you to it um, has resulted in you're becoming the next person that's going to be a statistic. What you can do to prevent HIV, of course, number one thing is abstinence and abstinence from sex, abstinence from using. Um, drugs and sharing needles, that is what can provide you with a way to prevent having HIV. Um, Now that it's more wide known, people don't get it from having operations and things like that. So you can go and have medical care and not worry about it. You cannot get it from kissing. You cannot get it from touching. You cannot get it from hugging a person, holding a person who has it. But if you're going to be exchanging body fluids, then you want to make sure, you know, if you're going to be in an activity like sex, or sharing needles, you want to make sure that you're protected. Of course, needle sharing is just absolutely poo-pooed on, period. You know, right. sharing a needle is not what you want to do uh, with <laughs> diabetes. If you if your, your insulin shots run out, whatever, you don't want to be sharing needles. But um, the most widely way it's spread is through um, consensual and non-consensual sex. Um, and I'll get to the non-consensual in a moment. But um, 
uh, it's spread through sex. So if you just feel like, you know, you're going to die without it, put a condom on, bottom line. Female condom or male condom, there's no excuse nowadays. Right. Right. So obviously the best way to avoid, you know, this epidemic would be abstinence. Why is it that we don't see a big push for abstinence like, like it should be then? Well, there is a big push for it, especially during, um, I know people didn't like George Bush, but during the Bush and the Republican reign, the abstinence-only sex education programs were very well funded. Um, The problem is that the liberal or whatever you want to call it, I don't want to call it just the Democrats, but the the more liberal um, political parties wanted to make it where they didn't preach abstinence-only. And abstinence-only didn't mean that they were saying only be abstinent. The abstinence-only message was basically that abstinence is the only 100% way to guarantee you don't get whatever, pregnant, STDs, HIV, whatever. But um, it was preached heavily. It just wasn't done necessarily in the school system and in the arenas where the children could be reached as prominently, especially, or the people who are in the the greatest risk um, demographic, like African-American women in lower-income areas and things of that nature. So those women didn't hear the message as much because the money wasn't getting pumped into their areas, to be honest, but it was getting pumped, trust me, into the systems. So that's why a lot of people didn't hear the message. And now the abstinence-only education programs have lost their funding because it is no longer a Republican regime. Now it's a Democratic regime, and the Democrats say, you know, abstinence-only doesn't work. Not saying that the actual practice of it doesn't work, but marketing the message is what they say doesn't work, which I don't see how they can say that because they've never really tried hard, but, you know, I digress. Right. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm I'm a follower of Christ. I vote on the issues and the person who I pray, fast, research, and am led by the Holy Ghost to to vote for. So right. I want to make sure I say that so I don't get Republicans saying, yay, she's on our side, and Democrats saying, no, she's on our side. I'm on God's side. And that's that's a definitely a good point there. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is not about political party. This is about saving people's lives. I think people right. miss the mark because, you know, a lot of times, I, you know, just – how I view politics. Um, I think a lot of times people get caught up in, in party lines and not so much focus on the fact that lives are on the line. And people need help. People, The, the people that you're serving, you know, I, I, if there's some politicians listening to the show, I want you to hear me, that, that the people that you serve, they need your help. And so let's, and, let's, let's do every, everything we can to help the people, you know, versus, you know, trying to make sure that our parties are well represented. Let's make sure the people are well represented. And then not all, and not only that, but my thing is um, there are souls on the line because yes. whether a person chooses to have premarital sex, um, be it homosexual or heterosexual, whatever the situation is, you know, they still deserve to be ministered to. They still deserve to be embraced regardless yes. of whatever because everyone who has HIV uh, didn't get it from having uh, some lascivious lifestyle. While I was researching this book, I met many people who – they got it from a husband who cheated. They got it from a husband who didn't cheat and didn't know they had it. You know, they got it from a wife who was raped and didn't know she had it. There are so many different things and so many different dynamics that play into a person ending up being HIV positive. And what the church sometimes does or doesn't do is it does or doesn't speak to the issues that they feel are consequences. To me, HIV is not the scourge. It's not a curse from God. It is a byproduct of the society we live in. It's a medical issue. 
You understand what I'm saying? So when people stop looking at it, when I say people, I mean, I feel like I'm called to the body of Christ to write about issues that will bring compassion, healing, and bring awareness to the physical ailments and how the church needs to be involved to help stop and minister to the people who have, you know, medical issues. So for me, it frustrates me when they don't really, a lot of churches, like um, the church that I'm at, got protested because we finally did become more vocal in the HIV AIDS awareness campaign. And we had churches um, boycotting us, saying that that's something that the church isn't supposed to address. That's not our business. Those are God's people. That means it's our business. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that um, it's, it's really important for me, you know, for this media and this platform that we have here, to present, you know, solutions to people, and I want to, I want to um, know how can people get in contact with, with you, you know, on, on this particular topic. Um, I have a website. I'm at www.shanita.com. That's S is in Sam, H is in Happy, A is in Apple, W is in Water, N is in Nancy, E is in Every, C is in Day, A is in Apple. Dot com And I'm also on Twitter. My name is I'm at Shawnita on Twitter. I'm www.facebook forward slash Shawnita. Everything, if you look up Shawnita, it's me. <laughs> so no matter where you are, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, um, just go to the Shawnita um, backslash Shawnita or at Shawnita for Twitter, and um, I'll be there. So people can get in contact me, with me there or through my website. Um, Shawnita.com, or they can um, contact me, 443-2-AUTHOR. That's my phone number. Oh, cool. I know. Well, well, I got you on the line. Why don't you tell us more about the diamond butterfly? What is that? Oh, diamond butterfly is my heart. Um, I was a foster child. Um, I entered the foster care system at the age of 14. No. Yes. No. Yes, 14. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time. I'm 31 now. Uh, I was, I know, I was 14, and um, I had already been uh, molested um, and assaulted, and when I entered into the system, I had had a child at the age of 13. And sorry, I'm outside. Um, and I basically um, was, you know, emotionally traumatized by a lot of the things that had happened in my childhood. And Diamond Butterfly is basically what God gave me. He told me in about 2001, 2002, that I was one of his Diamond Butterflies. Um, And when he told me that, I was like, okay, if I'm one, it means there are others. And then I was like, well, what is a Diamond Butterfly? What is this that you're telling me I am? And basically, uh, it's it's emotional healing through discipline intimacy with Christ. And it's about women who have been hurt, traumatized through rape, domestic violence, anything that really leaves a deep scar on your soul, how to allow Christ to come in through worship, through prayer, through devotional time with him, and allowing him to heal your heart and your and your mind and all of your emotions so that you can live the life that you try to tell people, the champion life, the life that God created and, and, and he intended for you from the beginning. Right. So that's Diamond Butterfly. Um, it's it's basically, I guess it's motivational speaking, but it's also mentoring, um, online classes, web classes, different things, different venues, um, whatever way I can get to young ladies in foster care um, that have been adopted, like I said, that have been abused, hurt, raped, um, to let them know that there's someone out there who's been through what they've been through who understands the pain. I might not have had the same pain, but I know the magnitude of it and how it feels and that there's hope. Okay. 
that, that's always a good thing. I think people need to know that just because you went through something doesn't mean that it's the end of the world and there's somebody who, who understands what you've gone through. People who, who have compassion towards you, who want to see you healed and whole. And, I, I right. you know, I, I'm absolutely 100% behind you on this way. Everything I can do to help you, you know, with market this, you know, promote it if you need a male speaker to come in just to, you know, to offer some, you know, more encouragement. I'm here for you. Just let me know what it is you need, and I, I'll definitely help you. Because yeah, I, I, well, I, I am here to my heart. I, I really don't. I have a, I have a, and I can say this. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for women. I don't like to see women get abused, and it, it's something about that. Um, it, it just it irritates me. I actually saw a story on um, CNN uh, last week, I believe, uh, about a, a little girl in, in, I believe, in Liberia or mm-hmm. Libya, one of those countries, an African country, and she had been gang raped, and her family said that they didn't want her. They yeah, didn't want her back. They're big on that. I mean, yeah. And that kind of hurt my heart. I was like, I, I can't believe that somebody would do that. That's that's somebody. That little girl didn't ask for that. She she got hurt, and the people that that supposed to love her turned their back on her. So I'm I'm really big on helping, you know, ensure that people who um, I look out for pe- the the underdog, the people who can't who don't have a voice themselves. Sometimes I really, you know, I like organizations like that, like yours, that are that are helping people get their voice back. Well, yeah, I mean, and as and betrayal, to be honest, is one of the greater, um, one of the ones, the one of the things that bruises one's soul the most. Because even after what happened to me, um, my mom was in denial about it, and that hurt me more than actually what happened to me. She chose the person who did it to me over me, and that took years. Um, literally years for me to just really le- release. I had prayed and asked God to help me forgive the person who molested me and did the stuff to me while I was pregnant and yet hadn't forgiven my mother yet because my thing was I didn't have to come here. You know, you, did, you let him do this to me, right. da, 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 da. So for me, um, forgiveness of betrayal, I think, is sometimes even worse than the actual physical assault because it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to what happens that really right. dictates the course that your life takes. And it's it's even harder to overcome an obstacle or to heal from a hurt when the people that you expect to help you through it release you or turn their backs on you. So my heart goes out to that young lady, and I would definitely probably be praying for her because <laughs> I'm an, inter- an intercessor. So, um, yeah, that I'm sure... She's, um, I'm sure she's hurting, but I pray that God sends her people to love her and embrace her and that it doesn't totally take her out, which is what the enemy tries to do when things like that happen. You know, he's here to kill, steal, and destroy, and he, you know, he stole her innocence and he's trying to kill her and destroy her purpose. So, um, God, that's that's horrible idea about that type of thing. But um, what I was going to say is I want to do um, a Diamond Butterfly Day here in Atlanta um, sometime in the next 18 months because I want um, people to know about it and not and not anything that I'm charging for, just for people who've been hurt, for women to come out and have a day, you know, where they get recharged, get renewed and stuff like that. I'm not big on charging for um, what it is that I'm trying to share with women because, you know, if you're in foster care or you're in, in a domestic violence uh, safe haven, you don't have money, you know, right. and I don't want monetary 
things to be the things that keep a person from getting what God has for them. I don't want it to be, oh, you have to pay $5 to be a part of this class, or, you know, oh, you have to pay a dollar. That, that woman, all she might be able to do is get a MARTA token for that day, and, and God forbid that the reason she can't come is, you know, because I'm trying to charge an entry fee. So right now I'm in prayer about the venue. I'm in prayer about the event. I'm in prayer about all of that. But I definitely want to get started having Diamond Butterfly Days um, in the Atlanta area, whether it be on a college campus, at a church, you know, wherever God's presence is, is holy ground. So I'm open to doing it wherever he opens the doors and then trying to get the word out and spread the word out to churches, like I said, foster care um, facilities and things of that nature, just to let women know there's another option out there. Okay. And I'll, of course, have you come in. Okay, I, I, I would love to. Like I said, this is near and dear to my heart. I don't. I just. I always think like this. What happens if that was my my mother, my sister, my daughter, my cousin, my niece? You know how would I, how would I want somebody to treat them? And that's the way I try to treat you know everybody else's mother, daughter, cousin, niece. You know, I, I, so that when I hear stuff like this, it just it it it, it just gets to me. I'm like I don't I can't understand it. I don't try to understand it. I just you know I just try to stay you know loving towards the the person who 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 needs that love you know somebody just for some strange reason decided not to operate in love for that one moment and this is the result <laughs> and it's exactly just, it's hurtful it's really hurtful but we you know I believe that you know people like yourself you know you're going to be the reason that a lot of people a lot of young ladies are going to be able to to still be great regardless of what they've had to overcome regardless of what people told them that they would never be and regardless of what people told them that they could never do, and regardless of what people told them that they were, that they're really not, and try to lead them into lifestyles that, you know, lead them away from their destiny or lead them away from their purpose, I believe it's going to be your voice that a lot of people are going to hear that's going to change their lives, that's going to absolutely make them, it's going to be the, the making point for a lot of young ladies, and I, I'm I'm happy to support anything like that. Oh, thank you. Well, like I said, um, it's like I said, right now it's in prayer phase, and you know, God, how do you want me to go forward and all of that phase? So, um, definitely will keep you because I believe another thing is to see a positive male, yes. um, when you've been affected like that is absolutely necessary. It's not even like an option. You have to be able to see that you know every man isn't horrible just because a man hurts you and stuff like that. You know, which as a result of being hurt or abused or um, molested or, you know, having a, a, a harsh thing happen to you at the hands of a man, sometimes as a protection, our minds will lump them all together. You know what I mean? It's like right. all men are dogs. You know, all, like, when I was a little girl, I was a teenager, I had the light-skinned boyfriend first, and he, hurt, he broke my heart. So I was like, I'm not dating any more light-skinned boys. <laughs> so then I had a dark-skinned boyfriend, and he broke my heart. And I was like, okay, I guess that theory didn't work. You know, so it's like, <laughs> You know, especially when you're younger, when, when, when the enemy is able to get a hold of your mind and hurt you when you're a child, it's easier for you to make an immature judgment and then base the rest of your life and existence on it. Um, and it's just sad. And that's, like I said, that for me, after God came back, healed me um, from all the hurt and the pain, helped me break the bonds of bitterness, um, helped me destroy the chains of, you know, just regret and rebellion and untrustingness. I just, you know, I'm so thankful that he still wants to use me, that he still loves me, you know, and not not that he wouldn't want to use me because of what happened to me, but because of the way I reacted to it. You know, I became lascivious. I became a predator. I became the person that would go out and, you know, treat people like crap because it was hurt before I get hurt. So, you know, even after all that, God said, you know what, I still had a plan and a purpose for your life, and now we're going to use those things, and we're still going to get me some glory out of it. And so... 
for that to him, I'm forever grateful. But at this point, like I said, I'm all about helping girls who unfortunately have had to experience something similar or um, the same as what I did and helping them know it's not what happened to you, it's how you react that will really dictate your future. So I need on that note. I want to uh, I want to thank you for coming out today and sharing your story with and 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 letting us in on what it is you do. Uh, just give our, our listeners a word of encouragement um, as um, you leave and and not to leave for, for good because we know you're coming back. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I just want to say to anybody out there who's listening, whether it be via podcast, whether you're live, whether you're on the phone. I mean, if you're in the chat room, I'll be back in a second um, so we can have after the talk chat. But just know that um, God loves you no matter what happens, no matter what life looks like, no matter the circumstances, no matter where you came from, where you're going is totally dictated based on who God is in your life. It's not about your income level. It's not about your address. It's all about your creator, and God loves you just enough to send Christ to die for you. Even if you were the only person on earth, he would have still come and he would have still died to wash away your sins so that you could be in relationship with him. And just remember that a relationship with God, it gives you access to the whole world and everything that you could ever desire. And once you have that relationship and that love, then you have the whole world. And once you are just totally tapped into him, you'll finally discover who you were created to be, and he'll even strengthen you to go out and help other people be free. So just be encouraged, be motivated, know that you can have everything in life that you want and need, especially when you open your heart and accept the love that Christ has given you. Wow. Well, Shanita, it's been an absolute honor and absolute pleasure having you on the show today. And I want to thank you for, uh, you know, giving us some some vital information that I know our listeners are going to take to heart and and implement as far as um, being more um, careful about the choices that they're making and the decisions that they're, that they're making that could have possibly affect the outcome of their lives and their destinies. We we thank you for that. My pleasure, and I'll you know I'll talk to you again soon. Yes, definitely. Okay, I'm gonna go cook dinner now. <laughs> <laughs> Send me some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, people, it's been an absolute honor having you on the show this week. I'm going to close out the show now. But before I go, I want to make some acknowledgments. I want to acknowledge everybody in the chat room. Uh, a lot of people uh, signed in today, and you didn't, um, you aren't registered uh, users yet, so it only shows up as guests, numbers, such and such. But I thank you anyway for sh- showing up. I want to first and foremost thank Shanita Marks for um, giving us a, a absolute uh, wonderful testimony and um, and just letting us into her life and letting us know what, who she is and what she does. I want to thank Mr. Stephen Biko who's been listening in on um, on the uh, on the live broadcast. Uh, I want to thank uh, each and every one of you who's listened to the show, who's downloading the podcast, who's telling a friend about it. Continue to do so. Continue to tell your friends about this show. Continue to tell people that we're on the air. Continue to tell your friends that this show exists. Creating a championship standard of living every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. And without a shadow of doubt, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to give you my mantra. I'm here to give you my motto. I'm here to give you my rally cry. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.